Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Today we continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series, encouraging young people to consider church work vocations. Our guest today, Professor Bruce Schultz, he's on the Board of Regents at Concordia University Chicago and a professor at a biomedical university in Kansas. Professor Schultz, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Share with us your connection to the church and, and your involvement, your service in the church. You shared with us a little bit before we had this interview about the ways that you've been serving and involved in the church. I know serving on the Board of Regents at Concordia University is certainly a significant one, but you, you've been involved in in your congregation and serving the church at large in a variety of ways. Share with us some of those highlights. For me, one of the things that I think is most important is the educational system that's been developed and implemented by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. I attended a parochial day school in grades one through eight, and there were actually a number of those in our county in Nebraska when I was growing up, and I greatly benefited from that and seeing the many families that were involved in different ways there. And as I progressed, I became more and more aware of how important the Christian aspect and Lutheran aspect of life was in the education of, of all of us. And so when I was working on my graduate degree in Ithaca, New York, I joined the congregation there, Trinity uh, in Ithaca, and ended up working with the Board of University and College Affairs, so another educational uh, component. And then uh, after graduation, went to Birmingham, Alabama, where I was involved in some of the education with Sunday school and Bible class and the congregation there. And that's just kind of been an ongoing common thread. And uh, I have been on the board of a preschool, Lutheran preschool, and have been many, many years on the board for a parochial day school. And now I also serve at that level of the Kansas district in their education committee as well. And, and so through all of this, I've learned much about how different venues in which education can occur, both secular education in many subjects, but the ecclesiastical component of it that is so important as well to incorporate where Jesus is in our lives into every part of our life so that we realize that God is working through us no matter what we do. That is a lot of ways that you've been able to serve. Thanks be to God that you've been able to to do all of those different vocations in all of those places. And and you, it does sound like you you've acquired a, quite a bit of experience in all of these areas of how important education is. What is your perspective on on how adults, lay people who may be who may not be commissioned workers in the church, how they can be a part of young people's education, a part of their lives, even if they aren't specifically maybe the person in the classroom or, or the pastor in the pulpit, but but other ways that lay people can be involved with the lives of, of children as they're being formed as as Christians. So when I, I hear a question like that, I immediately think about, okay, where do I fit in the question? There's really two things that I think that we can get to, and that is, where are family members in the nurturing of children and growing to adulthood, and where are the people that are not direct family members? 
And one of the things for family members that is so critical is just simply show up, be mom, be dad. And children learn so much from what it is their parents prioritize in life. And if it's not important to the parents, it probably won't be important to the children. And so it, it's critical that the role models are there and that they're there day in and day out. For those people that are not direct family members, I would say that it's really important to get to know the children in the congregation, get to know what it is they can do, what their likes and dislikes are. Are they bashful? Are they gregarious? Is there a way that we can help them to really build on what they see as their strengths or where they are most comfortable, where they can have a role, whether it be in VBS or in a school play or as a playground leader, whatever that you think about children can be doing to build them up so that they're confident in their skill sets. Hmm. So how do we do that practically as, you know, as fellow members in a congregation, how do we, what are those, those little things? And, and you gave us some, some good examples. Are there more examples of, of how to build those relationships with others in the congregation? You know, thinking of the, the, the kid, you know, sitting on the other end of the pew with his family or with her family and how do we connect with them? What are the ways that you found that you've been able to connect with others in your congregation? That's funny because I feel I've done a lot of teaching through the years and I always feel like I'm the, the gruff old prof that's really kind of hard to get to know. And, <laughs> and the students tell me this all the time, but, but yet I want to somehow reach out to, to kids. And so by sitting down and just having conversations with them, listening to them is really important and interacting with them as they interact with their parents. I think is really important as well so that they can see you as someone that their parents value as well as that you value their parents. And so that those bonds are really important that you can become, they, they realize they can be comfort, comfortable with you. And some of the places where I saw that work out so, so well is, for example, our local grade school, one of the teachers wanted me to lead a tour of my facility. And so I was working with a bunch of fourth and fifth graders that were all calling me by first name as we walked through the hospital hallways. And the students that I had taught previously here at the, at the school were like, who are all these little kids that are talking, they're calling Dr. Schultz Bruce and <laughs> holding his hand. And, and why are they so darn happy to see him? And it, it's that they felt comfortable because they'd seen me in a number of different situations around their school and they'd seen me in a number of situations with their teacher. And so it felt comfortable. I think that's really important is that they feel comfortable being there. They feel safe. Now I wish I could have been there to see that. No, That would have been priceless. <laughs> I, I love stories like that though, because I think sometimes we, we might get caught up in thinking that, oh, in order to be an influence in children's lives, I have to have a, a particular role in a congregation. I have to be a Sunday school teacher. I have to, to lead music. But I think the point that, that I'm, one of the points that I think that, I, that I'm hearing from you is that just being, being a Christian in a congregation and, and just being around children and encouraging them just in a, in a very natural way, you know, saying hi to them, asking how they're doing and, and just being intentional about building those relationships in a, in a very casual way can be just really just as influential as as the people who maybe have those other positions is that is that oh kind yeah of very, very much so it's important to have you know 
if you have a formal relationship, whether it be Sunday school or day school or whatever, that's all fine and good. But those relationships need to blossom in other ways too, so that you're not just the the figure by the blackboard, but rather you're also the figure that I can depend on when I scrape my knee. What I heard also in your story, and this is going to go back to our mental health Mondays here, hey. accepting that bid. So mm, yeah. there was a yeah, but- there was a bid for a connection. The teacher reached out to you and 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 you know wanted to give the students an opportunity to tour the facility where where you full time and uh, and you accepted that that invitation and welcomed the students lovingly into mm-hmm. your environment. And I, I think that is certainly important too. You accepted that invitation and, and welcome the kids into your daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had an, I had a little bit of an end too with them in that particular case, because my wife for many years was the volunteer music teacher for the school. And so I was the volunteer roadie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the things that she did was the handbell choir. And, and that's one of the things that really I, I think set our parochial school apart from other situations, other schools is because we had this handbell choir and there aren't a lot of those, especially in grade schools. And one of the things that came out of that was ringing handbells is a team sport. Yeah. You know, if the person with two of the notes doesn't show up, the sound of the song just isn't the same. And so it's so important for everybody to be there. And it's so important for every note to be there. And I think that that is a lesson in and of itself. And having the notes to play and playing them at the right time is really important. But but the students in the choir knew they couldn't tote those boxes around. They needed somebody to help with that. And that's where, you know, being the roadie is important too. And so you value what the gifts that each person has that they contribute to the end game, to the, to the final product. And And what does that speak to students the actions mm-hmm. of you showing up as a volunteer to help with the equipment and, and haul those things around and and your your wife also serving as a volunteer as a as a music teacher and leading the group as well i mean that i think speaks volumes um and and maybe the students don't won't recognize it until years later when they realize how significant that was that you were volunteering your time and serving in that way but that i think sets an example for them too that mm-hmm. they too can serve as volunteers as as they are by serving as musicians but also as an adult later as well yeah and and the team building i think was really important in that regard just simply to because if they if the students recognize the need for the t- need for the team that makes them comfortable in encouraging their friends or maybe even the people that are not their closest friends, but those on the team to show up and to do good, to, to be effective in their work. And peer pressure in that regard is a great thing because if the, if the kids are encouraging one another, that builds so much in their relationships. We have more to, con- to to chat about with Professor Schultz in just a moment here on The Coffee Hour as we continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's 
uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Dr. Bruce Schultz, board serves on the Board of Regents for Concordia University Chicago and professor at a biomedical university in Kansas. Dr. Schultz, before we went to break, we were talking about some of the ways in which you've been given to to serve in your congregations and and in the church at large, and how in those ways of serving you, even as a volunteer, as you uh, said, the roadie for the handbell <laughs> choir, uh, getting to carry equipment around. It gave you an opportunity to connect with kids and also to set an example for them as well. How have you, in those in those connections with kids, had the opportunity to encourage kids to consider church work vocations? So, one of the things that that was also on information that I shared with you is I, my wife and I have two children. Both of them are professional church workers. One a deaconess and the other a pastor, and I don't know that we, in either case, set out to encourage them to be professional church workers. However, just like many children, the role models that they had in school, they saw their teachers and they say, I want to be like that teacher. And so you can encourage children in situations like that to actually consider that as a a vocation. Now, not too many little kids are going to say, I want to be a pastor, because they typically don't have the same sorts of one-on-one interaction with a pastor that they might have with their classroom teacher. I think one of the ways that, that parents, especially parents, can have an impact is by holding up the teachers, the pastors, the professional church workers, and speaking highly of them and supporting them in what they do. If children in their homes hear that their pastors are doing well, that their pastors are valued, the same for other professional church workers, they realize that that's a valuable vocation. If, on the other hand, they hear negative things about professional church workers, then that instills in them that 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 is not a valued vocation. And so I think that parents really have a key role there in being able to say this is a valued area of our life, and the persons that fill those roles are extremely valuable to us. And then also in conversations outside of the home, children are very attentive. And so it's important to also be wise in how you address issues within your congregation, within your school, to be constructive so that it keeps the focus where the focus needs to be rather than on the characteristics of the people involved. Yeah, I think that's an important an important thing to recognize that kids do pay attention to to these things and the way that adults in their in their lives, especially their parents, talk about these professions and and raising them up as something that is that is good and right that that is something that they could consider is is very valuable. Why is it so important for for people like parents or or others in the congregation to to encourage children and and to hold these vocations up to higher standards? Well, everybody likes to be valued. And so am I going to pursue something that my parents don't value? 
probably not. So I, the the feedback that that comes from parents is really really important. There was a resolution at our last synod convention that dealt much with the role of parents, the role and especially the role of fathers in the development of their children when it comes to faith formation. And there are statistics presented in in that resolution. But the take-home message was that if if dad doesn't show up, if dad doesn't think it's important, then it's probably not going to be important to the children. Mom can work really hard, but if dad doesn't value it, it, it doesn't have to value it. So I think dads are just so, so important to the development of the perspectives that children have. And we see that again, there was a, a recent article that was in the center section of the reporter talking about developing faith characteristics in families. And the Mid-South District with President Pavla gave a report on how they're working to develop better the, the gifts that are manifested in children and young adults. And in that article, he points out once again how important it is that mom and dad really speak with one voice and be supportive of the church in general and be supportive of the church workers as well. Those are critical to faith formation. You mentioned earlier that your children have pursued church work vocations. Who do you think what were I, obviously you had some influence on that, I'm sure, but who were the other adults in their lives that you think had some influence on them considering church work vocation? Some of the things along the way, they went to Concordia to be part of an arts, Concordia University in Nebraska, to be part of an arts festival called Gathering of Talents. And they fell in love with the campus and they saw hundreds of other Lutheran school kids participating in activities that they thought were that were fun. And so having that experience was great. And the teachers emphasizing that was important. Both my kids really valued the principal of the, of the grade school, Mr. Altvolt, and the way that he interacted and supported the kids was, was uh, something that, that set him apart. And actually, Christian wanted to grow up to be like him. And then as time went on, he realized there, there are many things, many different directions he could go with education. And ultimately, he ended up going to pastoral ministry. But you can't overemphasize how important that relationship with this teacher and principal was. Also, the, most of the kids are, are musicians and took up piano and organ. And the organist at our church, Evelyn Schmidt, was critical in encouraging them the pastor giving them opportunities to play in chapel and in church so that they could actually build on their skills and use the skills effectively. And that's one of the points that, that I think I should have made earlier is if we know children around us, we know what their skill sets are, we could probably find a way that they can use those skills in positive ways. And we can be there just kind of behind them to make sure that there's not a, a problem, but letting them actually manifest all the gifts that they have is important, that they see where they can fit in and where they can contribute. 
So in, in your role as a dad to your kids, as they were discovering that these church work vocations were, were what they wanted to do, what kind of encouragement did you give and can parents give who to their kids who are deciding to, to pursue these vocations? <clears throat> what kind of encouragement can, can parents give to, to their kids who are deciding to, to pursue these vocations in order to encourage them to continue through them, even though sometimes they can be they can be challenging in different ways? But what kind of encouragement can parents give to, to their older children who are who are going through this process? I tend to be a very practical person when it comes to that question because I, I work with a lot of college students. And I often ask, where do you want to be? And what do you want to be doing 10 years from now? And with professional church work, because of the concept of a divine call is probably a little different. But in some respects, the question is the same. And that is, in 10 years, I think that I can be effective in this particular occupation. I think that I can be effective in this particular vocation. But in order to get there, I need to take a certain set of steps. And so to help young people think through what are the steps that I need to take in order to reach that goal? What are the steps that I need to take in order to be well-prepared and effective in that role? And then helping them to, to be able to implement those steps, whether it is simply applying to college, applying, identifying a college that they can attend, both what they have using their resources, can they get through it in a way that doesn't set them back financially too far, anything like that. Just helping think through all the steps to get there. But having those goals in mind is really important. And then being able to say, yeah, I met these steps along the way that helped me get there. Just hearing the story of you sharing earlier that just your children being on campus at a mm -hmm. Concordia University and and seeing other students, other children like them from other schools connect on that campus, but then also having, I guess, something to to look up to, to look forward to as well. Tell me more about the college years and your kids. Did, did they discover these church work vocations more so or their interest in them when they were college students or was it before college? Well, I think both the kids had some inkling before college, mm -hmm. but... It was shortly after getting into college that, that Christian really made that transition to thinking pre-seminary as opposed to pre-med at some level. And with our daughter, with Sarah, she was, I think, really interested in her music. She is a, an organist and her degree or her roster status is as parish musician. And, and so she, she knew that she wanted to be in music at some level, but didn't really know where that was all going to fit together. And then in college, she became aware of the deaconess role as a professional church worker. And she is always someone who wanted to study the Bible more to become quite familiar with the theology. And so that fit her quite well. And so I would say both the kids made that transition fairly early in college, realizing that this was a place where they clearly had comfort and that this is probably where they were being called to live out their lives. So what I'm hearing is that they were 
that their family was involved in a congregation and active and serving together in a congregation. They learned about these church work vocations to some degree while they were still in, you know, elementary, middle school, high school. Then they they go to a college or university like a Concordia where those programs are offered and learn even more about them and fall in love with those church work vocations, but not just interested in pursuing them, but also support from their family at home too, as they consider that. That was all those things were I think really valuable, it seems like, in that process. Yeah, I'll agree with you. All of those things are important. To to find other students that also value those hmm. career opportunities or those vocations, I think is also important. So they had a peer group that was encouraging to them and and that was able to support them as well. All very key elements to mm-hmm. to supporting kids and and young adults as they consider church work vocations for the future. Wow. What a, what a great story. Professor Schultz, anything else you'd like to share with us as, as we consider the set apart to serve initiative and encouraging young people to consider church work vocations? The one thing that I think is so important is just having moms and dads involved. If, if mom and dad show up and if mom and dad show that it's important, it's a lot easier for the kids to value it. It's a lot easier for the kids to be at home in it. And it's a great way to develop peers that peer relationships that are very positive and that are consistent with where we would want our children to be. Our guest today, Dr. Bruce Schultz, serves on the Board of Regents of Concordia University, Chicago, and a professor at a biomedical university in Kansas. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today and being part of the Set Apart to Serve series. Thanks a lot. I hope it's been helpful. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.